you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to Vegas Bad Boys, the podcasting DJ Impact. I got Sin City Steve and Matt Michaels with us tonight. Welcome to the show. Just want to start off with just a small apologies. I do have my little hiccups that's been bothering me uh, this today, and to be honest with you, this weekend. So if you kind of hear me uh, in between synthesis as I'm reading some of the stories here, that's kind of what's going on. Nevertheless, this is our three count. We do have three good uh, stories uh, for you this uh, for the show. So make sure you throw all your comments into the comment box, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube Live is uh, where you can do that. And if you just download the podcast, thank you for, for doing that and taking a listen. All right. So let's just get right into our three counts. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right. So here's our first one. And it is titled, Yes, AEW really is planning to run all in and all out within one week of each other. And this is from Cage. Seats.com. And it reads like this. Now, earlier this month, Tony Khan made the huge announcement that AEW would make this United Kingdom debut on August 27th for an event named AEW All in London. The event would take place at London's Wembley Stadium, which holds roughly 90,000 seats. One of the immediate questions that arose from this announcement, aside from the obvious manner of how many tickets AEW realistically expects to sell is how does this news affect the status of the annual all-out pay-per-view event that show typically takes place on labor day weekend in the united states which is the weekend after all in now we have an official answer to that latter question during the interview with the a to the K k wrestling show aew senior vice president and chief legal officer mega per 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 perrick confirmed that All Out is currently scheduled for the week after All In. Quote, London, it's been a while since I've spent any meaningful time there because of COVID, and I'm so excited just to go back. We have to come back here for All Out the week week after, but it should really be fun. I'm most excited to see a wrestling ring in the middle of Wembley Stadium, end quote. Now, one caveat that comes to mind is that just because AEW plans to run both shows one week apart doesn't mean they will both be pay-per-view events. Could one of these shows be a TV special instead of a pay-per-view? Hopefully, Tony Khan will shed some light on the detail in the near future. All right. Sin City, Steve. This was your topic. What do you think about the idea of uh, running both of these shows within one week of each other? 
So I'll tell you this, it's extremely, extremely ambitious, uh, as John had mentioned in the chat. Um, he, he says, uh, just like when the WWE and UFC has shown two pay-per-views in the same month, it's a bit ambitious. At least they're separated by about three or four weeks and not the following week. Yeah, that was the thing that really stood out to me is the timing of everything. So you're going to have arguably the biggest show in your company's history being all in London. Okay. Then a week later is your weekly, I guess you could call it their WrestleMania. All, you know, all out is typically w, uh, AEW's version of WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're good. They're just going to have the biggest show of the year in terms of paid attendance. Mm -hmm. um, and then a week later, you're going to have your WrestleMania. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, now the thing is that's nice is that they're not doing like a double shot in the same market, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Given the fact that if this is accurate and if they do choose to go and do all in, uh, in London and then do all out in Chicago a week later, more often than not, you're not going to be pulling from the same pool of fans. Obviously, you're probably going to have those fans that will make the trip to both just because the wrestling fan base of AEW is pretty hardcore. Um, but, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, I, I, I like the question that was asked in here. Will one of these be a TV special as opposed to a pay-per-view? No, mm -hmm. no. If you're gonna do this, you got to do it right, and both of them have to be pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, that otherwise, there's just no point. There's no point in doing it. Right. Um, ultimately, we'll see how the pay-per-view numbers um, shake out for both of these shows. Um, we've talked about the the waiting list or the reservation list. Um, that number has gone to over sixty thousand names on that waiting list. Wow. Um, so they're probably going to sell out Wembley and that'll be interesting when, and if that happens. Um, but yeah, it, the timing of all of this is very interesting. And I, I gotta, I gotta hear Michael's take on this. Yeah. Michael's what's your take, man? Um, my take is, is that I'm slow, but I'm dragging and lagging behind you guys. I don't know why. Um, so, listen, uh, they should sell out Wembley. They don't run fucking overseas. They don't run Europe. So right. yeah. why would you not sell that place out? And if you're going to be doing all in and it's all or all out or whatever the fuck they call it, and it's going to be in Chicago, you're going to have CM Punk. So you're going to sell that place out. So... I don't know. I, I just think it's fucking idiot booking, you know, in terms of putting that shit back to back. Um, but again, when you're doing certain substances, when you're putting together schedules, you know, <laughs> I mean, look at look at look. Major League Baseball has 162 games and they can figure out how to make that work between the fucking 30 different teams. This guy can't put two shows <laughs> together that are big shows without fucking it up. So I don't know. Maybe he needs to hire someone who's not fucking high all the time. 
or maybe he just needs to hire someone else that's high all the time. Yeah. <laughs> someone, so, so someone who has a little more experience of being on substances and actually getting shit done. Right. <laughs> being being a functional individual. If yeah. you will. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's just amazing. Listen, uh, of course, listen, they have the football club over there. I get it. This is what they should be doing. All right. Run the fucking thing. But at the same time, then don't come back here and run your next show. That's the big show. Especially if you're expecting me to pay 50 bucks or so per pop. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just fucking weak. Um, but again, these are the troubles that I think he presents. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not that the company can't be doing great things. Yeah. So... I don't know. Get dad in there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Let's jump right over into our second count. <laughs> Professional wrestler accidentally sets himself on fire during a match. And this is from penlive.com. All right. So this one reads that. Uh, it says, uh, yeah, the life of a professional wrestler can be tough. Sure, the show is scripted, but many of the bumps are real. The performers are typically on the road and getting beat up in, in, in that way several hundred nights per year. And despite that, there's growing trend in the business to push the envelope, bigger spots for bigger, bigger cheers and all that stuff. But it's often unnecessary and dangerous. Kids see it, try to react it, and the wrestlers risk far more severe injury. And again, it's, script, it's scripted, so it makes no sense. Now, take, for instance, a recent independent wrestling show in California, which has made national headlines. Independent shows are more are, are like minor leagues, so they don't usually make their way into the news unless one of the wrestlers set, sets himself on fire. And we aren't talking about some sort of trick here. A guy in California actually set himself on fire during a match back on April 22nd, and the video is, is about as dumb terrifying and disturbing as you might imagine per tmz TM, per tmz the incident took place during a death match at an xbw show when a wrestler called masada attempted to blow a fireball to his opponent the video shows the performers outside of the ring massa is holding a burning object and then takes a swig of some sort of liquid he then held out the burning object and blew the liquid unto it, unto, toward his opponent. That unleashed a large fireball that made it about halfway to his opponent before. Let's say halfway to his opponent before. So far, so good. Masada steps back, and a split second later, his face and chest are engulfed in flames, and he's struggling to stop the burning. Eventually, the liquid appears to burn off. The guy somehow finished the match, but per TMZ, he was then carried to the hospital where he was diagnosed with first and second degree burns on his body. The 41-year-old told TMZ Friday that he is still in a burn unit and will be out of action for a while. He also said that he used the fireball bit several times, but this time, quote, was rushed, and I th think being outside had to, do, had to do something to do with it, end quote. All right, Matt Michaels, what was your take when you when you saw that this guy uh, put himself on fire here? 
Uh, well, Bionic Scoop uh, made a very good point. XPW, that's all you had to say. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's very true. But um, really, so a couple things. First, Masada is a veteran, okay? Um, he's done, you know, death matches and stuff before. The guy's been around, so he knows what he's doing. That's the disturbing thing. He knows what he's doing. And afterwards, he says... It could have been the wind. <laughs> so if you know you're outside and you're going to do a fire spot, those fireballs, you can't, you know, you you can't predict the wind. Right. So that was just a stupid fucking thing to plan into a match when you you can't uh, predict that. Also, yeah. you gotta remember one thing too, when you spit when you spit out the liquid. That liquid's going to get onto you, all right? Especially if it's windy, right? So yeah, that, some of that's going to come back on here, right? So then, of course, the fire is going to, if it blows back, any bit of that is going to catch you really quick. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's something that in pro wrestling, especially on the indie scene, um, there's certain companies or certain people certain promoters um, who will do things or allow things to happen to get attention, to get the press, to get the publicity, to get more eyes on the product. Um, I think Nick Gage is one of the best examples of someone who, you know, gets publicity for doing things that aren't necessarily professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's one of these things. Fireballs have been used in fucking pro wrestling forever. It's a very very simple spot so i think when you think about that um you know uh still better than spot between hogan and the war and that and that's the thing you know sometimes those fucking fireball spots are horrible too you know you go back and watch them they've been using them since the fucking 70s um but the honest answer is usually you don't hear about someone going to a burn unit, especially the person who blew the fireball. Sometimes mm -hmm. it goes wrong and, and, and does burn the person. But usually it's not the person who does blow the fireball. Right. And, um, you know, that's that's the thing. It's magic. That's what pro wrestling is, right? It's magic. It's not supposed to be real to the extent of someone getting hurt. And in, in, if a magician is trying to escape a, a, a device that might have their life in danger, if they're coming up on that time limit and they're not getting out of that device, they will fucking shut it down and get them the fuck out of there. Right. Because they could die. That's right. And that's the thing you have with pro wrestling that we kind of forget because people are willing to go into the ring and literally die because they think that that's something they need to do because they love this so much. If they love this so much, stick to headlocks, stick to wrist locks, stick to actually using wrestling and not the gimmicks. Yeah. Especially when you know the weather conditions and you know your surroundings. Uh, just be more smart about it. And it's XPW who's... Yeah. Got a history of some pretty bad shit. 
Yes, yeah, Sin City. We've and we've uh, we've seen a lot of uh, crazy things in our past. I mean, if you look at like backyard wrestling, people jumping off the roof of their house on onto all types of things, trash cans and tables, and you know we we've seen it all. But uh, this is pretty bad here. What's your take when you when you read about this actually happening? And I mean, here and he's had a first and second degree burns. I'll be honest, the uh, the very first thought that I had was that I can't believe that this hasn't happened more frequently. Mm. Um, it's uh, it, it's one of those types of things where, you know, everybody wants to make headlines. Everybody wants to go viral. Um, unfortunately, Masada, who has been doing this for years, uh, is now only going to be known as the guy that set himself on fire. <laughs> So, you know, it basically wipes away anything else that he's ever accomplished in the business. Yeah. Um, And I I really think that if nothing else, this type of a thing should serve as a cautionary tale for people. Um, I I love high spot based wrestling. Uh, I think that, you know, there's a, a good chunk of the audience that does. But at the end of the day, you know, the the safety of the the wrestlers should always be the most important thing. And I, it's, I, I just, I cannot believe that this hasn't happened more frequently than what it has. Um, it seems like as if here lately, um, you know, that there's more of a, uh, more of a light being shined on any negativity that comes out of this business, uh, whether it's in-ring work, whether it's backstage, Seemingly, it's the new thing to, you know, shit can professional wrestling. And I think that, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, If mainstream media outlets are going to be, you know, using the connotations, uh, the words with the connotations that they did in this particular article, um, it, it almost equated professional wrestling to barbarism. Um, they didn't really have that much of a distinction. Uh, they just said that it was in, an independent wrestling show. Uh, they did mention XPW, but you know, it's yeah, th- this is, this is establishing a narrative that I don't think is extremely healthy to the business as a whole. Yeah. Well, and, and it's also not see, the, the problem too, is it's, It'd be different if you had TMZ going, oh, my God, John Moxley keeps cutting himself. And right. this is a problem. Exactly. But no, it's like, let's go for the low-hanging fruit. And, by the way, it was a show they ran in California. Right. So it was right there for them to take. TMZ right. was right fucking there. You knew it. And who sent them the footage? Was it Rob? Did Rob Black actually? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Because any any press is good press, bro. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Yeah, not good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's go into count three. Three! And that was new, w- new WWE strength and conditioning coach blamed for some of the recent rise in injuries. And this is from Wrestling Inc dot com so this is how it reads it was recently reported that wwe is dealing with an unusual amount of injuries at present especially involving up-and-coming talent at the wwe performance center 
According to a Wrestling Observer newsletter, numerous individuals are blaming the promotion's new strength and conditioning coach who allegedly has talent lifting heavy on a regular basis. Some feel the excessive se sessions are counterproductive for entering performers because it adds stress to various body parts, such as the knees and the back. It says that WWE wrestlers have been focusing on their athleticism and trying to, quote, develop explosiveness, end quote, with the org org organization's previous strength and conditioning coach. According to WWE recruit website, Sarah Barnett, who joined the promotion in April 2021, is listed as the WWE Performance Center strength and conditioning coach. The alleged new coach is yet to have their details added to the site. Sean Hayes previously led the WWE strength and conditioning before departing the company last year to embark on a journey with the XFL as director of player performance. It was reported this week that WWE NXT performer Sol Roca has have been added to WWE's uh, lengthy injury list with a torn ACL. The setback could mean she's out for uh, out of action for up to nine months. Earlier this year, fellow NXT star Nikita Lyons suffered a torn ACL and meniscus. The two wrestlers are said to be joined on the sidelines at the WWE PC by Amari Miller, Ariana Grace, Blair Davenport, Senga, Ulyssa Lyon, and various other WWE Performance Center trainees. Their main roster is also dealing with various issues with Car Carmella, Drew McIntyre, and Johnny Gargano supposedly picking up recent injuries. So anyway, that's what that uh, that reads right there. I was just taking a look at some of the comments. One person put, hey, let's blame the strength and conditioning coach and use her as a scapegoat instead of admitting the Performance Center as a factory uh Echo's job it is to produce talent at any cost. If you look at the list of NXT injuries, a good number of them have zero prior wrestling experience prior to WWE, meaning if they got hurt, it's because they weren't properly trained and were doing something in the ring they shouldn't have. That was by Jim Baker. And, of course, there was another person that said, Waller is saying this is not true. Two L's in one day for Clown Meltzer, some guy named Freedom K-M-E. All right. This was uh, since I'm not saying uh, Simon Streets uh, report. He's not here with us tonight, so let me just go right over to you first, uh, Sin City. I, I just ask you, what was your take when you read that all of these uh, accidents and, and incidents or whatever are happening, and supposedly they are blaming the uh, the new strength and conditioning coach? for these recent rise. Okay, so I think the the fact that they're attempting to point the blame solely at one person leads me to believe that it's not necessarily that one person that's causing the issue. That person is essentially being cast out uh, and catching all the brunt of this. Now, because uh, you know, the this this article uh, comes from, you know, Wrestling Inc uh, and this has been reported through the observer. Um, yeah. I mean, we've known for people to intentionally say things to Meltzer to, you know, have him report bogus shit and have it and essentially troll him. Sure. So, I mean, that could very well be a play. Um, ultimately, yeah, you, you definitely can look at 
the number of injuries that are going on or that people are dealing with right now in NXT. And it is substantial to say the least, but the thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle is just how large of a roster they actually have. So when it comes to WWE and NXT uh, specifically as a brand, I don't necessarily think that, you know, there's too much cause for alarm. Um, I think that, if there are underlying things that are, you know, pointing in one direction, then yeah, some conversations need to be had. Um, maybe different approaches need to be explored, whatever the situation is. But, you know, it, it seems like as if uh, this report doesn't really hold too much water for me uh, until they actually name who the fuck it is on their <laughs> website. That was the thing that stood out to me the most is, this new strength and conditioning person, they're not even listed on the website. Yeah. Okay. So it could, it could be anybody. Right. For all intents and purposes. So it, I don't, I don't take it with much more than a grain of salt, man. And you know, Matt Michaels, I mean, you, as you're going through your, your weight loss journey and everything, I mean, you have some, some, a trainer that kind of helps you get into the position. Now, the reality of it is, is, you know, if you wanted to, you could say, hey, I know that he's given me my either 30 minutes or one hour of conditioning. But you know what? I'm going to do my own one hour, two hour, three hour of conditioning. And that actually could be too much on your body. And evidently, you could possibly even get hurt doing that. But that wouldn't be your trainer's fault for that. That's you wanting to maybe uh, make the process happen faster. Or maybe you're trying to get to a point of, of you know, when, of course, we're in this business now where you're, you're trying to be able to, to be able to entertain in the ring and you feel maybe it takes to do extra uh, workouts to do that. Do you think maybe that's kind of what's happening with a lot of these injuries is that maybe it's a lot of just maybe extra training, a lot of training that's maybe happening, not necessarily by this, this, um, this new uh, strength and conditioning coach, but this one's ambitions maybe caused himself to push himself hard. What do you think? So ambition uh, equals do what you can to succeed, right? That yeah. that usually kind of goes hand in hand. What's very interesting is there, like you said, there's no name. Mm-hmm. Um, strength and conditioning, though. Um, to me, what it it what it points to is something that is um, not talked about. And that is what are they being provided? So what supplements and I'll use quotations on the word supplements, Um, especially because a lot of these names that you named are not, you know, and, and and the point of this was that these, the people getting hurt are, are athletes, right? Are, are right. the people who have been brought in as athletes. Yeah. So you don't know, A, what their conditioning was going into their sport, okay? Yeah. A lot of times what's been happening in professional athletes, um, you know, getting injured has revolved around the fact that their trainers are not uh, putting them through full body training. Um, that they just get them involved in whatever is, you know, purposeful for their sport. Yeah. 
which ends up in injuries. Um, also, if you have too much, you know, uh, if you don't have enough um, movement on the muscles, if, if it's not limber enough, uh, if it's if it's stiff muscle, if it's uh, lean muscle, there's a chance you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think that what's what's interesting is uh, even in that one comment, they're like, try, you're blaming the girl or whatever they said, the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't. This is apparently someone else who has come in and is, you know, a secondary trainer, apparently, right. you know, yeah. because the other guy left. So it might not be the actual strength training that's causing this. Right. Um, and also, uh, you know, this goes back. If you look at the early 2000s, guys were getting hurt left and right because they were so fucking roided up yeah that their bodies could not um it just the muscle mass couldn't take it when you you know landed certain ways and and you know planting your foot and stuff listen it's also pro wrestling that allows you to do things like when you're running the ropes plant your foot to pivot and turn Right, you can easily blow out a quad or or tear an ACL running the ropes. Sure, Shane McMahon (laughs) blew himself out by just fucking doing a leapfrog. Right, you know. So what's the difference between that and Soul doing it? You know, tearing her ACL. So it's kind of a stupid. It's kind of a stupid article in the sense that it's trying to lay blame to someone it's a fucking sport right people are going to get hurt all the time and like steve said when you have a ton of people that are also training you know it's that's the thing they're constantly training they're constantly working out they have that drive to get better they do what they need to do to get better they might be taking you know whatever the the um the supplements they can get their hands on or what the the trainers are giving them um also some of these people are really young still they might not be taking care of their bodies <laughs> like yeah, you know like yeah. someone who's been in it for 10 years so right. there's so many factors that make this story um very suspect and honestly let's face it Indy Hartwell is injured. Did she do it because did she get injured because of the fact that the trainer was giving her wrong things, et cetera, et cetera? No, it was something that happens in pro wrestling. Your foot yeah. got caught under you wrong and you fucking got messed up. It fucking happens. Yeah. You know, and they bring up these injuries on the main roster. What did that have to do with the trainer down in NXT? <laughs> right. So, yeah, fuck this. If it's coming from where uh, it's probably coming from, you know, <laughs> Uncle Howdy and uh, and his boy there. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Al- Alvarez and Howdy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Got it. All right. We did it, gentlemen. That is our three count for tonight. Thank everybody who 
not only listen to the show, but uh, participate in throwing your comments into there. You can always be a part of this every Sunday, um, or at least most Sundays. Uh, we go live Pacific Standard Time starting for a three count, normally around 8.40, 8.45. Our wrestling talk comes also on uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you just join us on YouTube, Facebook Live, or on Twitch, you will be able to throw your comments in and um, and see what others are saying, too. You can join us. Just make sure you follow us. That's all you got to do. Hopefully, the notifications will come through, and you will know that we are on. All right? So with that, we're going to give you our final thoughts for the week. And, um, yeah, guys, we are moving right into May. I mean, time is moving fast. Before I know it, Sin City Steve, I'll be uh, I'll be at Dynamite or Double or Nothing or Rampage or all the above. I don't or know. Tagging with Dustin Rhodes on Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, Sin City Steve, final thoughts, sir. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. Also, very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. All righty. Mr. Matt Michael. Uh, have a good week. Right. Thank you all. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Big pay-per-view going on this weekend. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next week. All right. So uh, be safe out there and happy wrestling to you all. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.